Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512-836-0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll-free 1-877-590-KLBJ. Well, what do you think we're going to talk about today, folks? I mean, what else is there to talk about except OMG? It is so cold. Um, yeah, I, I heard Jeff talking about, you know, if you haven't done it already, it's probably too late. However, uh, it hadn't gotten to like 15 yet, so I think there's still time. I actually forgot to bring in one of my plants last night. I woke up at 2.30 in the morning going, oh, no, I forgot to plant. So I got up, went downstairs, got the plant, brought it inside. And then, of course, couldn't go back to sleep for hours. So I'm a little wacky this morning. Um, but anyway, you're listening to The Austin Gardener. This is Cheryl McLaughlin. And if you want to join the show, 512-836-0590. That is the call or text number. And we have a toll-free line, 877-590-5525. So again, 512-836-0590. Call or text. Um, so it's up to you guys. Uh, I can't think of anything, you know, pressing to talk about with the exception of even though it is, you know, going to be a, a few miserable days, January is still the time that you go and choose your bare root fruit uh, trees and stuff. And that means just a wide variety of things that you can plant, um, all kind of fruit trees, nut trees, uh, grapes, blackberries, all kind of things that you can put in the ground uh, in their dormancy. And again, I always want people to go to their AgriLife website, A-G-R-I Life, in whatever county you live in, just Google that, and then look for the recommended varieties. So you need to have that knowledge when you go to buy your plants. You want to make sure that they do well in your county. And the master gardeners, they're tried and true. They know what works. So um, <clears throat> that's, that's something that I would still look for. I know you're probably not going to get out there today. But the nurseries probably have all this stuff in stock already. I have not checked with them. But if you have been out there and you have, you know, seen the selections at some of our local nurseries, I wouldn't mind hearing about that. I'd appreciate it if you've uh, got, you know, recommendations for where to get the best selection. I'd like to hear that, too. There is just so much that you can plant. Um, it seems like I was looking through the texts um, and I saw one, I can't know if I can find it here, but it was uh, like what all would work here. You know, what all could you uh, plant? So here, here's the text. He says, I like the idea of a food forest. I've planted pecan trees and they're doing well. What else can I plant this winter and spring that will survive year to year in our Texas climate. Uh, Jeff just said goji berry and pineapple guava, but oh my gosh, there's so much more. 
uh, it's unbelievable. If you again, if you go to the AgriLife website, you can see all of the kinds of fruits and vegetables that work here. And it's just astonishing how much there is, you know, not to mention just all the vegetables that will work here. But there's so many kinds of fruit trees and uh, and you can sure do citrus, too, as long as you can protect it from the cold. And a lot of people just put that in, put them in containers. Uh, but they can survive if they're in a very protected location and maybe getting heat coming out from the house, like if it's a stone. Like if you have a little south-facing L in your yard and your um, your house, you can plant it, you know, right up in that protected spot. But it's best to be, if you've got them in the ground, it's best to be able to put some kind of little greenhouse dealy around them or over them. Um, I saw another text that I wanted to comment on, and uh, the woman sent a photo, or maybe it was a man, I don't know, um, it's a picture of a, of a yellowing uh, climbing rose in a container. And it says, is this yellowing from low watering and do roses in pots make it through the freezes? And Jeff replied that it might be yellowing from too much water, which is absolutely correct. That would have been my first guess, really. Um, you got to have really good drainage for roses. But she says, will it be okay in a pot through the freeze? No, not this small of a pot, not even a bigger pot, truly. Not when it gets down to 15. Uh, now, she already has hers on a dolly, so obviously she can move it in. But, folks, even if you have a native plant in a container, um, it's so vulnerable, especially when it gets down to these kinds of temperatures that we're looking at, you know, the the teens, right? So anything in a pot uh, has to be protected. And that means bring it in the garage or put it in the house, do whatever you have to do to uh, protect it. Some people can build little uh, structures and put lights, heat lights in there. That's a good idea. Uh, but whatever it is, even if it's native and hardy in a pot, it's probably going to need protection. So that's my two cents on that subject. So, all right, 512-836-0590. Call or text that number. And we have a toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. Um, so what do you guys want to talk about, if anything? I guess everybody's, you know, just hunkering down, um, which I cannot, you know, I can't fault you for. This is that time of year when there's, especially with this kind of weather, if we get precipitation, which there's a slight chance of, uh, it's, you know, it's going to be messy. And I don't know why, but I'll tell you, ever since, you know, that 2021 terrible, terrible freeze when we lost power for days. I'm just, this is uh, an alarming scenario. And I do hope that, you know, they're right, that the grid is fine. Uh, that was so extreme with all the snow covering everything and the, you know, 
trees, branches on the um, wires and what have you. I think, I hope that they've got their act together this year and that they really, we can rely on the grid because it was scary, you know. Uh, it, it was, and it's not fun to be alarmed in the face of weather like this. I, I just can't remember ever a time before, oh yeah, we've lost power before, but it was never for days, right? So anyway, I know that I've been reading articles in the paper, of course, about how they're, you know, preparing and what have you. So let's just hope that's, that's true. Um, I always had gas during that thing. I had to leave my home because it, it got too cold. And fortunately, <clears throat> I had somebody in my family with a four-wheel drive truck that came and got me and took me to a friend's house that had power. I stayed there till mine came back on. Most of my neighbors rode it out. You know, they stayed home and they, they were texting me. They texted me when the power came back on and I was able to get back home. But I had gas. But you can't use gas, right, to heat your house. I mean, like the stove. Uh, I had gas, you know, to where I could heat, uh, you know, food and stuff. But no vent, right, to take the, the gas fumes out of the house. So don't make that mistake. Uh, that was definitely not... A smart thing to do. I did have gas on in the fireplaces. It didn't do a bit of good. <clears throat> Just went straight up the chimney. I didn't have wood, and I could I couldn't make fires. So that was uh, that was a bummer. Anyway, okay, it's time for the first break. Let's get this going on, and we'll be back right after this. <laughs> Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. And if you guys want to join the show, you can call 512-836-0590 and you can also text that number. Um, we have the toll-free line again, 877-590-5525. I see another text that came in um, for Jeff that he answered, does spraying foliage with water to freeze help protect plants today? He says, no, people who do that have extreme investments in the crops, such as oranges, and have special equipment. Not a benefit here. Well... I mean, we're not talking about an orange grove in Florida. I heard you talking about that earlier. So, I mean, I guess it might help. I don't think I would do that on any tender-leafed plant, you know, something with big, soft leaves. Um, if it's already blooming like the loquats, and this is why we don't get loquats every year, folks, because it uh, typically, they bloom early, right? So if we get a freeze while they're blooming and it freezes all the blooms off, then you're not going to get fruit. And, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, you can, if you have fruit on your citrus, for instance, 
Now, I don't know about in the teens, but uh, you leave the fruit on the tree to, you know, preserve it basically uh, until you can harvest it. However, I feel like, especially here, if it gets down into the teens, then it's probably, you know, the fruit's probably going to freeze as well. And I don't think that would be really good, right? Uh, that's not, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to produce good fruit, basically. So anyway, okay, well, listen, I'm going to give you a chance here. If you want to participate in the show, uh, you can certainly do that at 512-836-0590. Call or text if you're not interested today then i'm probably going to bail at the half hour um because i have other things to do my twins are having a birthday party this morning hey they turned seven years old i can't believe it little dickens um but before i do bail if i do and i'm i'm going to wait until the end of this segment to decide that uh i want to talk about how to make compost because now we've got all the stuff we need right now to be uh, starting a compost pile, all the good leaves and everything. So we can talk about that. I do see a phone call coming in, so I'm going to take that before I jump into this compost scenario. Um, But a lot of times, I mean, I leave my leaves in my yard over the winter, because I'm sure you've been seeing this, but lots of things winter under there, small insects and what have you. So I I tend to leave my leaves in the yard until we maybe blow them in the spring. All right, let's go to comfort. Ginger, thanks for calling KLBJ. It, I have a lot of lantanas. Uh-huh. On my property, and um, it it gets very large, and 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 it it really needs trimming. But I have a lot of them, and I'm not sure the best way to trim them. And also, when I do the trimming method of um, you know going back a little ways until you get to the green, well, there's there's live stuff in with the dead. So I'm not really sure uh, how I should go about trimming them or just leave them. Well, no, you can you can trim them, and and after they go good and dormant, you know they're going to look dead as a doornail, and that's right. something about lantanas that I've always observed. They can look so dead with bark flaking and all that, and they'll come back all the way to the ends probably. But it's perfect. They love being trimmed. Uh, but you just want to wait till they go dormant, completely dormant, right? I mean, there's one in my neighborhood that was blooming yesterday, just real pretty oh. blooming. <laughs> it's a little colder here. They yeah. Say, but yeah. They, we did have a little bloom there when we got some rain mm-hmm. before it got real cold. Yeah. But you can cut them as much as you want to, and you can cut them now. I mean, you know, you don't want to go out there today, but uh, right. after this. Next uh, yeah, next yeah. week. You can cut them as, as much as you want to, or just for others listening, you can wait and cut them at the end of February. Uh, they're, they're one of the later things that come out. You know, they wait for it to get a little bit warm, but at least at that point, we're typically through with the worst of the freezes. Um, and that's really 
important for things like evergreens, uh, not so much okay. lantanas. So a follow-up question is, what would be a good way to trim them, large lantanas, with a lot of uh, dead on out, you know, like a couple feet at least? Well, do you, know. you have some, some big loppers or some – you can use an electric hedge trimmer. You can use – uh, those those flat bladed you know uh, kind of cutters sloppers, um, yeah they're not particular. It's not like you're trimming a a rose, you know, like a hybrid tea or something where you have to trim just the right you know bud. Right, right. I'm, I'm I'm just uh, looking at the quickest easiest way to get a lot of it done. Yeah, big yeah. loppers or hedge trimmers, whatever you got. Okay. They're not okay. particular. All righty. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. 512-836-0590. Uh, let's see here. I got some more texts here. Um, during our hot summer, every leaf on our magnolia tree died. Is there a chance the roots are still alive, or should we just replace it? Uh, if you were not watering it, and it lost all its leaves, and it didn't try to leaf back out when we got rain, it probably is dead. Um, that's unfortunate. But magnolia trees like a lot of water, and you know you almost can't overwater them unless you have really poorly drained soil. But you can wait if you want to in spring and see that um, see if it does leaf back out. So that's the best advice that I have for you. But it's, it's an evergreen, so it should have leafed back out when we got some rain. Uh, here's a text. Cheryl, why has KLBJ discontinued podcasts of your show? November 26th is the last available. Please ask KLBJ to resume podcasting your show. Tate, do you know anything about that? Okay, but how often do they up? I mean, why November? Now we're in January. You don't know? SoundCloud? Okay, so uh, my producer is saying that it's up dated on SoundCloud, uh, whatever that is. I did not know that. But but you know what? Feel free to call the station yourself um, at 512-832-4000. That's the main number. And um, ask to, you know, give your input. But I, I don't know. I'll try. I haven't listened for it. Okay. Uh, hi, Cheryl. Do you have tips for rose care during a freeze? Some in the ground and some in pots in the garage. The ones in the garage will be fine. If You know, when you bring your plants into the garage and, you know, like not taking them out every other day, um, if you're going to leave them in there for a while, just every 10 days or so, you need to give them water. Uh, roses in the ground... Uh, Probably you could wrap them with um, blankets. They'll probably be just fine. Uh, but, you know, be sure. And listen, y'all, 
I don't know if we're going to get any significant, um, you know, moisture with this thing. We just have a little bitty chance of, of precipitation. If you have plants that you're concerned with, remember that a moist soil is an insulated soil and mulch. So be sure that your plants are not dry as a bone um, when we go into this hard, hard freeze like that. So you may want to get out there uh, today while it's at least freezing and not 15, uh, that you can get out there and water these stuff deeply. You know, the tops can freeze back and they'll come back almost every time uh, if they're, you know, really well-adapted roses. But if you wanted to, oh, and this is another opportunity for me to remind y'all, never put plastic directly on the plant. Uh, If you want to first wrap it in a sheet or a blanket and then you can wrap it in heavy plastic, but never put the plastic right against the plant because it's actually a conductor of cold up more than a, you know, than a help. It's, it'll burn the leaves. So, yeah, if you have the energy and the, the stuff laying around, you can wrap it in an old blanket. Then if you can get a big garbage bag and put over it, but definitely first put the cloth material or the freeze. The, the row cover kind of stuff, the plant protection stuff, will give you about five degrees of, of protection. So if it's 15 degrees, that means you'll you'll run it up to 20 degrees, right? Which still isn't uh, ideal. So, um, but yeah, I would, I, if you want to, you can protect them. Otherwise, they can freeze on the top. The roots won't freeze, especially if they're nice and moist. Okay. Uh, Here's another text. Love this show. Will you discuss what can or should be done to recently planted wax myrtles and viburnums planted three months ago, mulched and watered yesterday? Want to give them everything they need to maximize growth in spring and summer. I think that's pretty much, if they're in for three months, that means they're well-established. You mulched them, you watered them. I think you've done all that you can. Uh, There may be some freeze back, but don't worry about cutting on them until the spring, until you can see, you know, what comes back out. You can let them leaf back out. um, And and if you know you have dead branches, wait till the end of February to, to cut your evergreens. You definitely do not want to cut them back now. All right, time for the news. Um, We'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. Um, You know, the last uh, uh, text that I was talking about was somebody that had planted wax myrtle and viburnum. And I said, you've probably done all you can. I don't know how big they are. Um, 
if they are still little, you could cover them with old blankets or something like that if you want to give them a little extra protection. Um, you may, again, get some dieback uh, if, it, if, you know, if it freezes hard enough. Uh, but you have watered them, and that's good. Uh, but if they're little still, and if you still have the buckets that they came in, you can also uh, upturn the buckets over the plant, uh, and that might give it a little extra protection as well. Another thing you can do is pile a bunch of leaves over them. Now, this assumes they're little. I don't know how big they are. Um, so you can let me know that if you want to. Okay, here's our next text. And by the way, if y'all want to join in, 512-836-0590. That's the call or text number. And uh, the toll-free line is 877-590-5525. Oh, for the lady that was curious about the podcast, um, it is updated. There's a, a new list of my shows uh, because the old one got filled up. And it only takes 500. So they take, created a new uh, playlist, and other people are listening to them. So just do what you normally do. Go to News Radio 590 KLPJ, and it is available on there. So I'm not sure why you're having trouble, but uh, it's, it's working because others are listening. Okay, here's the next text. My property in Smithville is overrun with Yopon holly, especially the parts that I lost uh, due to that uh, I, that I lost to that second Bastrop fire. Is there any easy way to kill that stuff? I can't even walk through it. <sighs> Controlled burn is probably the best way to deal with it. Uh, I know on the the, um, the reserve that my daughter manages, it's in East Texas, but they also were overrun with Yopon, and they were uh, and it had never been burned in I don't know fifty years or something like that. Uh, and they have these red cockade woodpeckers there; they're you know endangered species. So they had to uh, work on creating a better habitat for the, the birds. They needed more fly room, less dense underbrush. Um, and so they did several controlled burns. And, and this requires a professional, um, but that's probably the best way to get rid of it. I guess if you can get in there with a machine um, and and tear them up from the roots. They do have machines that will do that. That might be another way to do it. You can, you know, just take a chainsaw. You know, those tree saws might work on a, a long pole, and you can just cut them, cut them, cut them. They may try to come back, um, but at least you will be able to walk through your property. I know we use them in landscaping, but they can be a, they can be a pest. I, I get it. Okay, here's another text. Have two trees, desert willow and anacacho orchid tree, that I haven't got planted. Bring inside on, uh, on the cold slab, wondering when I should plant them. Uh, I don't know how big they are. Again, that's always helpful when y'all want to ask me something um, about 
it's it's helpful to let me know the size of the plant, which gives me a clue to the, you know, the size of the root system, obviously, um, and how tall they might be. I would just, again, if they're um, five-gallon trees, you can plant them in the winter because they both go dormant. Um, if you can uh, just hang on to them till the end of February when the worst of the freezes are over with, especially if they're really small trees, then you could do that. That would definitely uh, be the safest choice. But both of them could be planted during the winter. It's just that we don't know what we're going to get, right? We just don't know. Uh, we don't know how bad it's going to be. <clears throat> oh, my God. I hate these. <laughs> okay, I was I was prepared for this to be one of those spam um, texts. We get them from, you know, all over the place. But this one says, why did Donald Trump worry about building a wall to the south? We should have put up a wall to the north to keep these north winds and cold weather in Oklahoma. <laughs> That's very good. Texts are very, very funny. Okay, here's another one. Let's see. And if y'all want to join, 512-836-0590. Call or text. Um, okay. Good morning, Cheryl. This is Richard, the ex-radio DJ. I'm enjoying your show with a cup of coffee. If you can send a shout-out to Ricky, the best trumpet player around, God bless you and stay warm. Hey, Ricky... I hear you're the best out there, so good for you. Yes, Richard, thank you, and I appreciate you still listening to me. Uh, yeah, you've been a regular caller through the years. Okay, let's talk about compost. Um, in this book that I always ask you to get, Texas Organic Vegetable Gardening Book by Malcolm Beck and um, what's his name, Howard Garrett. Making compost. I'm just going to read this to you because now we have all these leaves. We got we've got a lot of dead branches that fell down in the wind. Um, I have been taught that you should start your pile with uh, branches on the bottom because that way you have some. Uh, it keeps them everything up off the ground a little bit and allows for oxygen to circulate through, which is really critical. But compost is nature's own living fertilizer that can be made at home or purchased ready to use. A compost pile can be started any time of the year and can be in sun or shade. Good ingredients include leaves, clean hay, grass clippings, tree trimmings, food scraps, bark, sawdust, rice hulls, weeds, nut hulls, and animal manure. Mix the ingredients together in a container of wood, hay bales, hog wire, concrete blocks, or simply pile the material on the ground. The best mixture is 80% vegetative matter and 20% animal waste, although any mix will compost. Since oxygen is a critical component, the ingredients should be a mix of coarse and fine textured material to promote air circulation through the pile. Turn the pile once a month if possible. 
more often speeds up the process but releases nitrogen to the air. Another critical component is water. A compost pile should have roughly the moisture of a squeezed-out sponge to help the living microorganisms thrive and work their magic. Compost is ready to use as a soil amendment when the ingredients are no longer identifiable. The color will be dark brown, the texture soft and crumbly, and it will smell like the forest floor. Now, rough, unfinished compost can be used as a top-dressing mulch around all plantings. And that is true. Uh, you, you, there's a whole lot more um, information these days on sheet composting and using semi-composted material as top dressing in the garden. So you can do that. You may want to read up on it yourself. Okay, here's another. Uh, oh, well, let's do this break, and then we'll come back to this next text. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. And if you want to join the show, 512-836-0590, call or text that number. Uh, let's go to the next text that we have here. What's the deal with planting rye? I have Bermuda grass and it's beautiful. When does the rye die? Will my Bermuda be fine after that? Thanks, Lisa in Hato. Um, yes, uh, the rye dies out when the heat gets, oh, about the third week in April. When it starts getting, you know, good and warm, the rye will just die out. Um, as far as hurting the Bermuda, it will not hurt the Bermuda if the Bermuda was good and healthy when you planted the rye. I don't know whether you're saying that your Bermuda grass is beautiful or the rye is beautiful. Um, but we did learn some years ago that if you put rye over a weak turf, like St. Augustine especially, this happened, I uh, can't remember the year, but it was uh, – we, I guess, had a bad drought like we had. The lawns were already weakened. Then people that planted rye found that it, it actually did damage to their already weakened, you know, yards. So I would say that it's a good idea. Um, okay, it says the Bermuda is beautiful but turning brown now. Is it too late to plant rye? I probably would have said... To plant it in the fall, I don't know if it'll come up now, but, you know, it's not real expensive if you want to try it. It might very well work. I mean, you know, we'll probably be back up to 70 in a few days, so it might be worth it. Um, I don't know. If anybody knows more about that, uh, about if you can plant rye now, I would like to hear it. I've never done it this late myself i've always done it in late fall when it starts cooling down but um it, it, maybe somebody else will, will let me know if the rye would go ahead and work right now um here's another text 
Um, is it necessary to cover lantana and salvia gregii in these types of temperatures? No. I mean, they're really, really hardy plants. If they're well established, you may get some dieback, um, but you can wait until spring. I mean, the salvia gregii is an evergreen, typically. That doesn't mean that it's not going to freeze back um, to the ground, maybe, this year. But the roots won't freeze, uh, and it will come back. Uh, so I wouldn't worry about it. Just be sure that they're not bone dry, that you water them, that they're well mulched. Mulch does more than just keep weeds from coming up and keep moisture in the ground. It does moderate soil temperature as well. Now, we don't, uh, we don't usually, our soil doesn't freeze here. Um, I don't want to say never say, I'm afraid to even say anything in case I jinx it, but uh, we do not get freezing soil like they do up north. So typically, our roots of all of our plants keep growing all through the winter uh, more slowly than they would you know, normally, but they do keep growing. This is why we plant trees in the fall and, and roses in the fall and lots of stuff in the fall because it will slowly but surely establish its root system before you know, weather gets hot in the, in the next year. So... Those plants are just the same. Salvia gregii is always going to have, unless it's just so cold it freezes off the new growth, it typically this time of year will put on new growth right down in the bottom center of the plant. And I always tell people about every three years or so I cut my gregii's back once they get those big woody arms uh, that they'll develop if they're never cut back. Um, about every three years, I would cut mine all the way back, all those big old arms, cut them off, but always leave the little center growth. And this is done at the end of winter or early spring. Um, so you, what you want to do is just go ahead and make sure they're watered and mulched. Um, and then in the spring or the end of winter, uh, well, with lantana, you'll have to wait a little bit longer because they don't come out till it gets good and hot. But as far as your greggy eyes, they'll start putting out growth earlier, you know, probably March. And you can see if there's dead stuff. And it's easy, easy to cut that dead stuff off of salvia. And again, with lantana, as I've said many times, lantana waits until it gets much warmer to come out. And it can look as dead as a doornail and still be alive all the way to the tips of the end. So don't let that fool you. It's just got that dead-looking bark, um, if you will. Okay, here's another text that just came in. Uh, let's see here. I planted rye recently, watered it, and it is up and looking good. Tell people to buy perennial rye, not annual. Um, $100 for a 50-pound bag at the big box stores. Yes, I 100% I agree with you. Perennial rye is just more mannerly. Um, it behaves better. And none of them are really perennial. They don't come back. Um, and this texture goes on to say, I have been planting 
this time of year for years. So thank you so much for that input. I just never had planted it this late. I know that it, uh, that it likes cold weather, cold soil to germinate or cooler soil. So there you go, lady. Go ahead and plant your rye. Um, also, Barbados, uh, does it need to be covered? I assume you're talking about the pride of Barbados, the tropical plant, uh, because that, uh, it, you don't need to cover it. Again, the roots aren't going to freeze, and you can cut that all the way back to the ground, uh, and it'll come back from the roots. I think uh, it's, you know, they've had leaves until very, I mean, they may still have leaves right now. Some in my neighborhood do. But they'll look, again, they'll go completely dormant. And then when spring comes out, yes, Pride of Barbados. Okay, I figured that's what we were talking about. There's also Barbados cherry, which I, I just wanted to make sure we weren't talking about that. Not that it's much different, uh, except it tends to be evergreen. And not quite as cold-hardy as I always thought it was. But, yeah, Pride of Barbados, I wouldn't worry about it at all. It, it'll, you know, even if the whole top froze off of it, it'll come back uh, from the roots next year. So, well, I've learned a lot of stuff today. I hope you have too, and I hope you guys are going to be prepared for this. I mean, I'm not into filling a bathtub full of water at this point, but I do hope that all of our systems stay up and running and that all of your plants survive. I think they will. I mean, unless you have an unprotected tropical plant or a citrus or something like that, probably don't need to worry. Uh, let's see. I planted an almond verbena in late October. Should I cover it? You might want to. You might want to. Um, might want to cover that uh, because it may be a little bit cold, tender. But again, if the roots are established, which they probably are, if you planted in October, let's see, November, December, going on three months. Even if the top freezes off, I do think it will probably come back from the roots. Um, I think my, my daughter had one right next to that grapefruit tree. And I'm pretty sure she lost that one as well in that really hard freeze. So if it's still little, small enough to where you can put protection around it, put a a uh, blanket over it or something like that, you might be able to get away with it. But again, these coverings, unless there's a, a heat source up under the uh, structure or the, the covering that you put there, you're only going to get, you know, maybe a five-degree benefit from things like the uh, row covers and stuff like that, uh, probably even blankets and stuff too. But it's worth a try. I mean, I, I don't think it'll be a permanent kill. Be sure it's watered. Be sure it's well mulched. If it's real little, you can pile things like pile leaves around it. Oh, which reminds me, sago palms. 
you have to protect that core of the sago palm. Uh, and some of my clients will pile all their leaves up in that core to protect it. But if you lose that, you lose the sago. And they are, uh, you know, not as cold hardy. They're not down into the teens kind of cold hardy. So definitely protect those, I would, for sure. Okay, folks, well, listen, good luck with all this. I uh, hope we'll be back just saying, hey, no problems. This time next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thank you for all your good input and for helping me answer questions that I don't know the answer to necessarily. And uh, enjoy it. I'll see you all next week. Bye.